It's time to have lunch and talk sports. The Jeff Dantzler Show on the Superstations. Hello there and welcome to Lunchtime in Athens. Happy Monday, everybody. Thank you so much for being with us wherever you may be listening from. My name is Jeff Dantzler, sending out big waves, hellos, and smiles from America's greatest college town, Athens, GA. Hello in central Georgia, Macon, Montezuma, Warner Robins. That's the home of our friend Chris Rogers, who does a great job as our producer. Hello in Perry and Fort Valley, down into Pinehurst, Rochelle, Waycross, Blackshear, Eastman, Cochran, Hawkinsville, Tifton, Ashburn, Cordell, and Unadilla, and all our friends on the coast in Savannah, out to Tybee Light and Wilmington Island. Down into Brunswick at the beautiful Golden Isles, St. Simons, Jekyll Island, Sea Island, to the 912, the 478, and the 229 from the 706. Along with Chris Rogers, our superb producer, my name is Jeff Dantzler. Thank you so much for being with us. Shoot us a tweet. Let us know where you're listening from. Give us a call. The phone number is 478-646-3776. That's 478 646 ESPN. And again, the Twitter address, you should know it by now. It's at Jeff Dantzler TV. Let me know where you're listening from. We've had listeners from all across the great state of Georgia and, of course, into Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina, Alabama, Mississippi, New Orleans, out into Texas and out west into Arizona, California, still looking for New Mexico, Portland, Oregon, Seattle, Washington. In the upper Midwest, Chicago, Illinois, where it's chilly this time of year, thinking of the great Kevin Butler. And in New York City, Boston, Mass., Vermont, Delaware, you name it, the Northeast, Mid-Atlantic, and D.C., Virginia, and Maryland. We appreciate you. Thanks so much. Again, at Jeff Dantzler TV. And a big hello going out to our friends from Arrowhead Tool out of Perry, located at 629 General Courtney Hodges Boulevard. So for yours truly, I'm very busy right now because Georgia baseball has started and the Bulldogs swept UNC Asheville this past weekend. The West Johnson era off to a smashing start. Georgia's bats, and we'll run through those totals later in the show, uh, were really terrific. The power stroke was going good. Now, Coach Johnson, pitching is his forte. He was the pitching coach for the national champion LSU Tigers a year ago. Uh, did a great job. Ultra successful previously in the SEC as a pitching coach at Mississippi State and Arkansas, and even helped take the Minnesota Twins to the playoffs as champions of the American League Central. So it was a great combination of pitching, hitting, and fielding. And the dogs will be back in action tomorrow, taking on Georgia State over in Panthersville. So you won't have me. You won't have me to kick around tomorrow. I'm guessing our friend Mr. Shanks is going to go to one of our delicious restaurants that you hear about here on the Superstations and have a great lunch and have a lunchtime there in central Georgia. And I'm sure he'll bring Chris Rogers back something yummy to eat. And then uh, it's basketball, of course, the, the rest of the way, and baseball. And at this point in the SEC, and certainly for Georgia, being a charter member of the SEC, you got 14 different programs that are in action right now. So again, a great start for Georgia baseball. You might have seen the Georgia softball team even. Uh, they were on ESPN Saturday morning, beat Florida State 20-10. to 10. 
So the dogs have had FSU's number this year, obviously with the Orange Bowl. Remember back in December, that comeback win for the men's basketball team and the softball team winning. For the Georgia basketball team, another heartbreaking loss. And I know the dogs are struggling right now. And uh, what, what's so frustrating is that so many of these games during the losing streak could have gone the other way. That was definitely the case. Again, Florida's got a heck of a team. They played well. Bottom line is right now, Georgia's got a good team in a great league. I like what Mike White is doing. I think he's an excellent coach, and he is building a program that is on the way up. And, yeah, the losses are tough, and they grind on you. And, again, especially as so many of them could have gone the other way. He's recruiting very well. There's a good foundation of young players in this program. And this Georgia men's basketball team, just keep in mind, even when there's some frustrations with the heartbreakers starting to add up, just two years ago, counting the SEC tournament, the Bulldogs went 1-18 in SEC play. Uh, so Georgia's certainly making strides there. Uh, my Lady Dogs lost by 14 at number one South Carolina yesterday. I was over in Columbia. Georgia actually led by seven at intermission, just the fourth time South Carolina trailed all season and their biggest deficit at the half. Georgia led by as many as nine points, but unfortunately South Carolina was able to pull away and win by 14. A bit of a transition year for the Georgia women's basketball program, but a, a very good effort yesterday against South Carolina. We'll talk some Braves. Of course, pitchers and catchers reported on Valentine's Day, and nobody covers the Braves like Bill Shanks. So I do like to talk about it. If you want to talk about the Braves, that's great, but nobody's going to give you better info than Bill does. And honestly, for me and for my partner on the Bulldogs baseball airwaves, a great David Johnson, we get into that Georgia baseball vortex. So it kind of takes me a, a week or two until after the Georgia season is done to really get locked in on the Braves. And, of course, we can talk Falcons if you want to look ahead towards the draft. And who's that quarterback going to be to lead the Falcons to the Super Bowl in February of 2025? I always love looking at mock drafts. Uh, we've talked about for Georgia, I had the four burning questions, the big issues, and, of course, Kirby, the master of roster management, uh, tackling every position, everything to do with this program, and also putting some finishing touches on the coaching staff. But let's look at the quarterback room. Carson Beck is the incumbent at number one. Gunnar Stockton played very well last year, and I thought did a great job. He played almost all of the second half, started the second half, and the Orange Bowl did an outstanding job. And you got Ryan Puglisi coming in as the true freshman. So that's most likely going to be one, two, three on the depth chart, but always fun to talk quarterbacks. And, of course, uh, when it comes to recruiting, and ABC always be recruiting, right? And uh, Georgia's got, as Coach Dooley used to say, the, the poles in the water looking for some big fish at the quarterback position. I mean, the deal is, especially this day and age, you better go out and get yourself a good quarterback each and every cycle. But that quarterback room should be shaping up very good once again for Georgia, just knocking on wood, trying to keep everybody healthy. So some football and baseball talk coming up and also just a look at some SEC hoops in the league is mighty, mighty strong. We'll run through the standings and 
And again, go through the Georgia baseball weekend because it was a really, really fun opening weekend. Had great crowds out at Foley Field and the West Johnson era off to a tremendous, tremendous start. Thank you so much, Chris Rogers, back at Michigan Control. And I appreciate once again Bill Shanks giving me this opportunity. And I love doing this show for an hour daily from Athens, GA, America's greatest college town in this state. I love so much. We'll be back taking your calls, checking your tweets as we continue on. It's lunchtime in Athens, starting a new week on a Monday right here on the Superstations. for action yeah life in the fast lane that's how we live it here on the superstations thank you chris rogers great job my lovely bride emily is are you a skipping school or is it no school today no school today she wouldn't skip school for president's day hey happy president's day everybody and uh, albus and hermie are here my lovely bride just celebrated her 40th birthday yesterday and did it with a bunch of girls at lake oconee while i was Traveling around with the Georgia Bulldogs. No telling how much champagne was consumed. Is Chardonnay Sharon listening in there? And I don't know if she's back at the other lake with the great man, Larry Edwards. Had a lot of what? Chardonnay had a lot of Chardonnay. There you go. Maybe we'll interview Emily coming up later. She loves the limelight, especially when I introduced her one time at the Augusta Bulldog Club. That was really one of our all-time favorites. Uh, shoot me a tweet. Let me know where you're listening from, at Jeff Dantzler TV. All right. Thank you, uh, J-Rad, with a good random joke of the day. i got to make sure that's not dirty. Uh, thank you to uh, our man Luke Ned Carney. Yeah, Luke says hello. We'll have him back on again. Uh, thank you to the Birdman, J.R. Whitfield. By the way, we got put a picture of Emily up on Twitter, and pretty much everybody said happy birthday, and you out kicked your coverage. Well, I know that. Everybody doesn't have to say that. I used to find myself devastatingly handsome, but, you know, that's the way things go. Uh, so, you want to talk some Georgia baseball? Let's let's do that uh, to get things going. And, of course, we'll talk some Georgia football as well. I think quarterback's kind of the theme for the day, and we'll carry that over to tomorrow as well. And I mentioned uh, talking about the Georgia quarterback room. And then who in the world – is the Falcons quarterback going to be next year? Do the Falcons try and do something and make a move in the draft? That's a roll of the dice. Anything's a roll of the dice. Do you part with picks and try and find a quarterback on the trade market? That's always limited, and you know essentially who we're talking about. Are you going to make a move for Justin Fields there? And if you do, what are you willing to give up? So we'll talk some quarterbacks here, but let's talk some Bulldogs. And what was most impressive over the weekend, I think, was just the depth of the lineup. As Georgia played UNC Asheville, which was a 500 team a year ago uh, out of the Big South Conference. Now, they returned eight starters, uh, eight of their nine regulars, so they have a chance to contend in their league this year. But it was a very good series. Georgia outscored UNC Asheville 38-7, to seven and actually run-ruled them twice. Uh, the, the deal is if you go up by 10 runs after seven, 
you win. And Georgia had a walk-off three-run homer to win by 12 in eight on Saturday and then one in seven yesterday. By the way, great job to my man Dave Johnston for working solo yesterday as I was with the Lady Dogs, who, again, went toe-to-toe with South Carolina for most of that game. I was proud of them. Uh, so here are just some of the numbers out there. Charlie Condon, he's the best player in the country. And Charlie off to a great start. He is hitting six. 36. Yes, he is 7 for 11 with four runs scored, three walks, and he's been hit by a pitch. He is slugging 909, and his on base percentage, 733. Charlie's going to walk a lot this year. Uh, did not hit a home run this week. I think that's a good sign for Georgia. The dogs hit 10 home runs, and Charlie didn't have one. Uh, so many new faces for Georgia. Slade Alford hit three. Dylan Goldstein. Hit two home runs. Fernando Gonzalez, the outstanding catcher, hit two home runs. Logan Jordan, another transfer, hit two home runs. Dylan Carter, transfer, hit a home run. Georgia, as a team, hit 358 for the weekend with 10 home runs. So very, very impressive. Uh, the Bulldogs out hit UNC Asheville 34 uh, 12. Georgia pitched it very well. The Bulldogs' cumulative ERA for the weekend was 2.63, which is certainly respectable. Georgia struck out 34 batters, including 14 on opening day, which is a very good number. Hey, we all, you know, when you're a kid and you're playing, you want to hit home runs, and when you're on the mound, you want to strike guys out. The Dogs walked 10, which is okay. That's probably a little high. Now, for Coach Johnson, he's a pitching coach. That's his forte. So he'll tell you if you walk one, that's too many. It's kind of like Kirby with the secondary. If there's there's just one breakdown, it's too many. And uh, I did think Georgia pitched it really, really well over the weekend. I think for Charlie, and if you were listening to any of the games, you might have heard Dave and I talking about this. He had 25 home runs last year, tied with the great Rich Poitras, and the great Gordon Beckham for the second most in school history in a single season. I think for a lot of the year that his power – and, hey, I hope I'm wrong on this. I hope he hits 50 home runs. I think his power numbers – power numbers, power numbers might be down a little bit because I think teams are just going to pitch around him a lot, even with some of the the developing power from the newcomers that that Georgia has – but I think as the season goes along, especially if some of these other hitters prove that they can consistently drive in runs, that he is going to get more pitches to hit. And at that point, I think when it warms up, I think you're going to see those power numbers take a jump and hopefully into the postseason, that's when you can really see him pile up the numbers. Now, Jeff Kepinger, one of Georgia's great baseball heroes of all time, hit 18 home runs in 2001 when Georgia won the SEC championship, then went to the College World Series. And nine of those home runs came in the postseason. So maybe it's a deal this year where Charlie in the regular season has, I don't know, 16 to 20. And then hopefully Georgia makes it, makes a run, and then piles up a lot more in that postseason. But he's not going to press it. He's not going to chase. And, and I think one thing that great hitters have in common, they take walks. I mean, going back to Babe Ruth all the way through Barry Bonds, 
Great hitters take their walks. But I was very impressed with the dogs this weekend, and George will be at Georgia State tomorrow in the bus yard. So DJ and I will gas up the Jeep Grand Cherokee and make our way over as the Bulldogs take on the Georgia State Panthers. And because Bill Shanks gets preempted for no one, we'll have that game tape delay tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Tonight, Bulldogs Live, uh, Coach White will be on with Scott from 8 until 9. And then we have, of course, an extravaganza lined up for the second hour, which is a wildly popular show. So our guest is going to be Chris Hack. If you're a golf fan, you will love this. We talk some Georgia golf. We talk golf history. We're going to talk about the duel in the sun. We're going to talk about Brian Harmon and Bubba Watson and all kinds of good stuff. So you'll love it with Coach Hack and uh, Alan Thomas, who's Georgia's Senior Executive Associate Athletic Director for External Affairs, AT, a regular on the show. We'll talk about Georgia sports. As we mentioned, 14 sports going on this week. And I think on Saturday we've got seven different Georgia uh, sporting events, so seven different teams competing. And then we'll play a bubble and in between. We're going to talk about Brock Bauer. So tune in to the second hour coming up later tonight. So a successful opening weekend for Georgia baseball. And uh, let's talk some – oh, by the way, how about the Georgia softball team? A 20-10 to 10 victory over Florida State. So Georgia had great success against the Seminoles this season, highlighted, obviously, by the 63-3 Orange Bowl triumph on the gridiron. And uh, remember Justin Hill hit the game winner. Georgia beat Florida State in hoops back in December. And a 20-10 to 10 win for Tony Baldwin's softball team. So that was great to see. That game was played Saturday morning, and it was on television. How about that? All right, let's talk quarterback. Do you want to start Georgia or Falcons? Let's see. Well, we'll stick with the Georgia theme here. I kind of like going through position by position. Again, shoot us a tweet at Jeff Dantzler TV, and you can give us a call. You know the phone numbers, 478-646-3776. 478-646-3776 with my computers malfunctioning a little bit. So, yeah, we'll deal with that later. Uh, but for Georgia, Carson Beck is the incumbent starter. I thought last year the two biggest question marks for Georgia heading into the year were quarterback and place kicker because Stetson Bennett, you can certainly make a case a two-time national championship quarterback that he's the best Georgia's ever had. Certainly the most successful. And I think about a lot of my heroes growing up and some of the terrific quarterbacks Georgia's had here in my lifetime. Uh, but you, you got to put Stetson up top. you got to put him number one. And then Jackpot Lesney, one of the great kickers Georgia's ever had. And you're talking clutch. I still go back. One of the biggest kicks in Georgia history because I think it helped set the tone. It ended a difficult year for everybody, but it ended a difficult season of 2020 on a very high note, put Georgia in the top 10. And after he made that kick in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl to beat Cincinnati, Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt said they were coming back and the ball was really rolling. The stage was set for that national championship run. And of course, Jack was terrific for the two national title teams in 21 and 22. But, uh, new quarterback, new kicker. And I think even for the most optimistic of Georgia fans, and there are some of us out there I know, 
You know, those of us that grew up with Dooley and Munson, it's hard to be optimistic, even in these glory days. It's, it's just in our blood. I, I think Carson Beck and Peyton Woodring did even better than even the most optimistic of Georgia fans could have anticipated. Now, here's the key. You can't just rest on those laurels, as the old saying goes. Will they be able to not just continue that, but perhaps even take it to another level? Of course, Peyton had that streak of 16 consecutive made field goals. You know, A big thing for Carson's going to be, and obviously with Kirby, one turnover is too many, but you know, keep those – keep those mistakes at a minimum and he's going to have to get the rhythm in with some new receivers you saw that george is going to have a new receivers coach that's the one position there was the class that had mcconkey and marcus roseby jack saint that was obviously great but that's the one position where georgia has struggled when i say struggled that's relative to the way georgia's recruited obviously georgia and alabama have been the two best programs when it comes to recruiting. Kirby's the best, and obviously Dick Saban the best. But that's the one spot where Georgia has, again, comparatively struggled to other positions. And receivers at position, to me, if you just get that one stud a year, that's really all you need. I think, you know, in the NFL, you generally play four, maybe five receivers. I think you could play too many receivers, and it's hard for the quarterback to get that timing down. So if you're looking at this coming season's depth chart, obviously Dominic Lovett and Ra Ra Thomas are back, both of whom were transfers, and Dylan Bell, uh, who's what a great young player he is. He'll be going into his junior year. And then you brought in three more transfers, including was it Logan Matthews, the kid from Van Ed, just blanked on his name for a second, and Colby Young from down in Miami. So right now if you look at the depth chart, it, it, the, the kid from USC who's named Michael Jackson hadn't played as much, but you could say four of the top six, maybe five of the top seven on that depth chart are, are transfers. So off-season workouts in the spring, can Carson get that timing down? And then I think when Kirby finishes out his coaching staff, it's going to be about finding that great fit and obviously, you, you got to have a coach who can coach him up. That's the job. And and then also really consistently pull in. I think if you could get two good receivers a year or three over a two-year period, and and you got to get a blue chipper every now and then. You know, you got to get that Malcolm Mitchell. You got to get that A.J. Green. Uh, you got to get that Lad McConkey, that real difference maker. You got to get that Miko Hardman. And you have one or two of those guys a year and over a three-year period, if you can get, say, two or three of those, just those guys who can make the plays. And I think but you think about the receiving core. We've talked about the running back core for Georgia's SEC champs and Rose Bowl champs of 2017. Now you're talking about at receiver, Miko Hardman. Remember Javon Wims, he was really good. Terry Godwin was a great player. Riley Ridley and Jeremiah Holloman was the number five receiver there. So... Let, let's see if Georgia – again, I do think Georgia will be very good at receiver, but Kirby's probably having to rely on the portal a bit more for his liking than he would ideally prefer. So let's see if Georgia can kind of 
lock up a couple of blue chip wide receivers. And, hey, there's some good young players there. I, I like what we saw in the last two games last year from Anthony Evans, and, and hopefully uh, some of these younger players can emerge as well. It'll be interesting to see where DeMello Jones winds up. He'll probably start out at corner. Jones from Swainsboro, just an, an incredible senior season. Great, great athlete. Uh, he, he, I don't know. It's comparatively half. Nobody's as fast as Miko. I mean, he's one of the fastest guys in the NFL. But Demello Jones has some Miko Hardman to me. I mean, that secondary class is great. Really got four blue chippers, and of course, getting KJ Bolded on signing day was the the coup de gras. But uh, where Demello Jones winds up, but for Carson, get that timing down with the receivers, and I would imagine that first group when Georgia goes what they call the 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end, and three receivers, you'll probably have Thomas, Lovett, and Bell. I mean, Dylan Bell, I mean, he, he had some games that were reminiscent of Heinz Ward, his ability to do everything, catching it, running it, throwing it, returning it. Really, really like Dylan Bell. So can Beck get that timing down? Uh, Gunner Stockton got the opportunity. I love what Kirby did. You know, Docs were up 42-3 at halftime in the Orange Bowl and turned the, the keys over to Stockton, and I thought he did a terrific job. Gunner's just got that it factor. He's a good runner. He's strong. And I, I just feel like he's one of those guys, if he ever gets his hands on the job, it's going to be hard to unseat him. So, Gunner, you would think, well, he'll have the inside track to be the uh, QB2, to be the top backup to back, and then would certainly be at the top of the pecking order if you're looking at who Georgia's starting quarterback will be in 2025, which takes us to Ryan Puglisi uh, coming in from Connecticut. And we all know what went on with Dylan Riola. That's fine. Wish him the best. Uh, but Georgia really liked Puglisi from day one, and I like the fact that he never wavered. Even when Riola had committed to Georgia, he was here the whole time uh, thinking two things. Either A, I'm going to compete for a spot and win it, uh, or B, I'm going to be here, and if somebody else wins it and maybe I don't start until my third or fourth year, so be it. I think Mac Jones at Alabama and Carson Beck are good examples of that. If you do things the right way, the odds are your number is going to get called. And if you're prepared for it, you've got a chance to succeed at the highest level. Again, we saw that with Mac Jones at Alabama. We're seeing it with Carson Beck at Georgia. Uh, I know Kirby ideally would have liked to have had another quarterback. He'd like to have four. Uh, but, again, as Coach Dooley would say, the poles are in the water for some big fish out there for next year when it comes to recruiting. And, you know, injuries are, are the ultimate. you got to keep these guys healthy, which, again, goes back to the offensive line. Keep Carson back at the quarterbacks upright, and Georgia's offense should be really good this coming season. Really good. As for the Falcons, that is obviously the biggest need in a quarterback-driven league. So does Atlanta go that way in the draft, or does Atlanta make the move with a trade? I'd be interested to get Bill's take on this as well, but it just seems to me the trademark market, not the trademark, the trade market would be 
the best way for Atlanta to go about it. Now, if they wanted to make a move in the draft, because what's happened is Jaden Daniels has soared up. You know, for a while, he the Heisman winner was mid-first round. Well, now he's projected to go two to Washington. So the top three picks are Carolina, Washington, and New England. Uh, what's Washington going to do with Fields? It seems like they're locked in on Caleb Williams. That's their decision. I, I think it's a mistake. It seems like Fields, and again, no love for Fields here, but it seems like Fields is, is coming on. And I thought he played very well down the stretch last year. If you're a Falcons fan, would you take him if the price was right? Absolutely. If you're the Bears, are you convinced Caleb Williams is going to be better? You better be right. It is no guarantee. Again, if I was in the Bears' shoes, there's so many teams hungry for quarterbacks, I would trade that pick and get me at least three first-rounders and a couple of second-rounders in addition to what you would get for the swap, just in terms of if you were – I'm talking about if you were – let's say they traded with, I don't know, Minnesota at 11. You get their 11th pick and three other first-rounders and a couple of second-rounders. Just think about what Washington gave up to get RG3. But teams are desperate enough, and, and the Bears have got the big chip there, and that's the pick they got. So your Carolina, they traded this year's first-round pick last year to move up, and they took Bryce Young. So they go 2-15 and 15 and don't have the number one overall pick this year, which stinks for them. I mean, if they had it, they would definitely make the trade and try and add up some picks. By the way, the Houston Texans, they made a good trade because they took C.J. Stroud with the second pick, who was Rookie of the Year, and they traded their first-rounder this year to get Will Anderson. They made the playoffs and are definitely a franchise on the rise. So Atlanta picking at eight. What's New England going to do at three? I'm sure they're parting ways with Mac Jones. Drake May from North Carolina is the other quarterback. You're talking about up at the top three with Williams and Daniels. Arizona, what are they going to do with Kyler Murray? The Chargers, I think, are in a pretty good spot. They got Jim Harbaugh coming in there. They underachieved. By the way, their, their interim coach, Giff Smith, who played at Georgia Southern, was a Terrific, terrific coach. He did a great job with the Chargers. He's on Sean McVay's staff with the Rams now. But Gift did a great job. But they have traded up from Brandon Staley to Jim Harbaugh. And they got Justin Herbert, who was very good, very talented. They're one of those teams to me that can go from not making the playoffs to making the playoffs. The Chargers, I've always kind of considered to be the Cowboys of the AFC. They got a lot of talent, but they just underachieve a lot. So I think they're a team you can keep an eye on. The Giants at six, are they hanging with Daniel Jones? Now, Tennessee, I think the romance with Ryan Tannehill has, has fallen. Tennessee's a team that doesn't seem to be moving ahead. Then you got Atlanta coming in at eight. So if you're the Falcons, would you give up picks to move up into one of those top three spots to get a guy? Let's say Jane Daniels is the guy you, you really, really like. Well, if he's going two to Washington and Washington's not willing to deal – would you trade up to three to get Drake May? Is it a deal where you say, all right, if May goes two, 
New England, we'd love to jump up there to get Daniels, but we got to wait and see. Well, somebody else might say, well, no, we'll, we'll take whichever one falls there at three and might jump Atlanta's spot. Would you make a big trade, and what are you willing to give up? Would you flip picks and give up next year's first rounder for that QB? I would not. I think I'd go with Fields. And, and again, no love here. I, mean, I don't dislike the kid. I mean, he did what he thought was best for him going to Ohio State. He chose not to fight for the position here. But that doesn't change the fact that the guy showed improvement in the second half of last season. If you're a Falcons fan, would you like Fields? How much would you be willing to give up? Shoot me a tweet at Jeff Dantzler TV. Uh, thank you. Very, uh, Mike Kaplan uh, tweets in about the Georgia receivers position coach. Hines, if not who. The thing about Hines Ward, I would love it. Hines is one of my favorite Bulldogs ever. I think he'd be a great coach. But for a player who was such a great success, uh, he made a lot of money. He does it a lot of TV. Is he going to want to come in and put in all the time with the recruiting? It is a grind. It is a full-time job and then some. So that that's one of those deals for the quote-unquote superstar, which Heinz Ward certainly is not to mention dancing with the stars. If he were interested, I think that's the big thing that he would talk with Kirby about. Like, All right, are, are you going to want to put in that time? If the answer is yes, I'm all for it. Love Hines. And, of course, Kirby and Hines were teammates at Georgia. I mean, here we Okay, thank you to the Marsh Mutt. Why do people say a dude outkicked his coverage in these situations? Outkicking your coverage is a bad thing. Marrying someone who is far, far, far more attractive than you, like Jeff did, is a great thing. Well, thank you, Marsh Mutt. I appreciate that. I always love getting a good backhanded compliment. So, uh, yeah, outpunting the coverage, I guess it's it's just more of a say, but when you do break it down like that, maybe it, it doesn't make as much sense, and I most certainly did. All right, we'll uh, come back. Uh, we'll have about 15 minutes or so to go here. I'll see if I can get my bride to jump in here, and we'll talk about her birthday festivities and what she loves about Georgia. Baseball season in full swing. Uh, Chris, pop your mic on there if you're in the studio real yeah, yeah. quick. Uh, when did you say we got some Brave Spring training coming up here on the Superstations? Yes, uh, we're going to be going. Uh, we're going to be carrying both uh, Brave Spring training games uh, this weekend. Saturday okay. starts. Uh, the pregame starts at twelve fifty-five. Same uh, same time for Sunday as well. Okay. And so we got Georgia baseball and the Braves. I love it. And by the way, Chris, I love the promo you put together with the fish i, th I thought it was great uh, yeah that's not one of my more prouder moments no but, but I, I think it's just one of those things you say you say like the fish that you find in the water i mean it's yeah it's obvious that's where they live but at the same time you know it's it's just it, it, you're kind of turning a phrase there as well so I, I i'm picking up what you're laying down but anyway it's a great promo you're welcome, sir. And you did a great job with the love songs, too. Say thank you again. Really appreciate it. <laughs> thank you, Chris. You do a great job. Uh, we'll uh, come back and wrap up today's program. Talking quarterbacks, talking baseball, which, by the way, 
What a great sports song that is. Talking baseball. All right. My name's Jeff Dancer. This is Lunchtime in Athens. And again, Bulldogs Live coming up tonight with Georgia basketball coach Mike White, Georgia golf coach Chris Hack. Play above, below, and in between as you listen to Lunchtime in Athens with yours truly, Jeff Dancer. It's a Jeff Dancer show on the Superstations. Paradise City. Oh, yeah. Good headbanger circa 1990. Welcome back. It's lunchtime in Athens. Bill Shanks, of course, this afternoon. Bill's going to be sitting in for me tomorrow as Dave Johnson and I will be taking the Jeep Grand Cherokee over to the bus yard, Little Georgia Baseball versus Georgia State. And so Bill will be in with you. And I'm 50-50 on Wednesday. Got a meeting in Atlanta that I hope is a Zoomer from 11 until noon. If not, you might hear Bill on Wednesday as well. I'll be in Oxford, Mississippi on Thursday. It is that time of year. Well, we have a very special guest today. The great Larry Edwards down in Milledgeville uh, said, if Emily doesn't come on, we're turning the channel. So that's called uh, flexing your muscles there. But my uh, beautiful wife, Emily, is with us today, enjoying a nice day off for President's Day. Well-deserved. Happy birthday there, beautiful. Thank you. How does it feel uh, to now be in your 40s, the big 4-0? It feels wonderful. Yeah, it's one of those things. I- I've said before, I got more angst as I'm the big 5-1. The birthdays with the nines because you're kind of counting it down. And then once you get there, you realize that's really not that big a deal. It's just another day. Yeah, and I think, um, and I, in a post I made, I said it. I, for me, every decade has gotten better. So I welcome it. I'm not, you know, my 20s were fine. My 30s were absolutely amazing. So what's the biggest reason for that? I met you. There you go. That is the name of the show. There we go. All right, I'm buying lunch this afternoon, and of course, Albus and Hermie, who are sitting here with us as well, and uh, Tilly. Of course. And uh, so, Emily, this is the time of year. Now it is so much fun, as you well know. Uh, my life has revolved around Georgia football forever, but this is the time of year, and you love going to baseball and tennis and basketball and all that, when we've got 14 sports going on right now. It's very busy, but I, I think for our Georgia fans, and in fact, uh, Alan Thomas was telling us we were getting ready for Bulldogs Live tonight, and we got the 14 sports going now. I think Saturday we've got seven different sporting events, but for diehard dog fans, how fun it is to come up on a weekend when baseball, when basketball, when, when tennis is going on it's a lot of fun to go around to the different sports well we talk about it all the time that i mean football season is yeah a glorious georgia football it's amazing everybody comes it's a jam-packed weekend you're trying to see everybody you've got eight different places you could be you narrow it down to three that you try to you know lock in you don't want to get spread too thin don't want to be a george (laughs) pizekny but george are you listening to that she took a shot (laughs) but the spring is the most underrated time to come to Athens because you can get into any restaurant. You can be outside. You've got multiple sports going on. You can get around easily. It's a relaxed way to enjoy Athens and still enjoy all the athletics that are going on. Yeah, and I think that's exactly right. It's not even the, the, the big weekends when – uh, you, you do have like this couple weekend or this past Saturday. You know we had the men's basketball team here. It was opening weekend for baseball. There's a great, it, it's a, a lot of activity going on around the town, but it's not overwhelming. Plus, I think the thing is for football, and, and, and we've got different things, but in general, as we've 
age some. I remember, hey, back in my 20s, I was going downtown mm-hmm. with my friends. Oh, yeah. But now it's like, eh, I think we'll, just, we'll go cook out here on the grill. Yeah. So I think, people, you've got your your tailgating plans, your Friday night plans. You've got your routines. And I remember Chris Lloyd, who, of course, is famous with, with the Hilltop Grill, with the Bulldog Brunch, with the great Kevin Butler, and also owns Marker 7, which is our hangout here in Five Points. And he said it took – five or six years for marker seven on game days to really make the huge jump because people always had that routine. routine and now after enough years over 10 plus years now that has become part of the routine so i think for this time of year when you're looking at it like you said it's a hey let's drive up from st simon's or statesboro or wherever and spend the weekend and go watch baseball and go watch basketball and you make a great point i mean yeah you might have to wait a little bit but you could get into any restaurant you can go wherever you want to go really. you're getting on the deck at marker seven in the spring in the right. fall no chance. Yeah. I mean, you, I might, mean, have you to, might. You might have to wait a little bit. Yeah, but it's a long wait, and it, it's going to be. But you can time it out and, and make it happen, or you can be, you know, in anywhere walkable in five points. You're going to get to sit down and eat and get a drink. And at football season, you're taking a risk. <laughs> That's why you stick to your routines. Okay. I'm just telling you right now, Malcolm Mitchell, Kevin Butler, Gordon Beckham, they're all going to be insulted. Uh, your mother-in-law, Patty, You've got two great mother-in-laws. I do. I have two wonderful mother-in-laws. Thanks. This is the best interview I've ever done. <laughs> She's there are some Georgia legends, Patty, that have got a bone to pick with you. The, li- uh, the rest of the listeners are going <laughs> to like those interviews a lot more. What was your, this past season, what was your favorite football game and what was your favorite Georgia weekend? Was was the Ole Miss weekend just over the top because there were so many people? You're like, what was your favorite game? What was your favorite weekend? Um, I mean, Ole Miss is really hard to beat because they don't come – well, you know, now it'll change and right. we'll see them more often. But prior to, we don't get to play them. It's a lot of overlap mm-hmm. in people that go into Ole Miss or vice versa from Athens. Um and the weather was great. Oh, it was a perfect. It was just it was it was the quintessential Athens fall day and football weather and all and and and, and those two schools that have a lot of overlap and have a lot of deep traditions coming together. Um, and, and let's was, get to and, it too. And we won like hell. So. Yeah, we did. And let's face it too. Let's get down to it. You are always a snazzy dresser. George and Old Miss are quite famous for. The tailgating dressing, scene dressing of the light. Appropriately for a football game. So, I mean, you know, when Georgia plays Ole Miss, not only were Kirby and Lane going to pull out all the stuff, but yeah. you knew that the girls from Georgia and the girls from Ole Miss, you were going to wear your very best. Yeah, and I and you know, it's entertaining when Joey Freshwater comes to town. I mean, he's <laughs> he's great. It, it it is entertaining. I mean, I just I love. Well, first of all, I like traveling with the dog and everything. Oh, it was fantastic. I, I just love how he would needle everybody, including Saban. And uh, last year, you might remember, Dave and I were in Gainesville for their Thursday night spring game. We were down there for baseball, and the halftime oh. score of their spring game was 0-0. Zero, zero. He tweets, this Gators offense. <laughs> Fire. <laughs> and, you know, I, Florida fans like, that, but, God, he got, but he's right. So he's got that spur here. That's why I, I don't want Kiffin to go to Florida. No. That's, no. I like for him to stay where he is. Uh, I could enjoy him. <laughs> And he's not a total threat. And, you know, he put – do you remember he put up a picture with Kirby? They ran at each other on the recruiting trail. And he said, always keep it in touch in case I need to get one of those analyst <laughs> yeah, jobs. Yeah, I mean, just... he, is, 
He's fantastic. Uh, you know what was another great day just with the weather, and we hung out with our buddy Flynn Nance, the vet extraordinaire, Albus's favorite, uh, at the at the Kentucky game. It was like 65 yeah. degrees, a 3.30 kickoff. Yeah. That was awesome. I, yeah. I, I mean, you know, to pick a favorite, I mean, you got to – for me, it's got to be like – Tennessee last year, the blackout, Mm -hmm. LSU in 14. I mean, those games, like, stand out for me, Um, the national championship in Indy. By the way, how – would we have not been divorced if we hadn't won that game? (laughs) That drive back from Indianapolis – about 11 and I a half hours. I think we probably hours. would have gotten divorced when I screwed up the GPS system at 5.30 in the morning. Oh, when we had the phone and the GPS telling us two different things. And I put in the wrong address at the wrong hotel. You've got, I, I gave you one job to I do. I put in the wrong address at the wrong hotel. We get to the wrong hotel. It's 5 in the morning. We're exhausted. Thank the God The adrenaline is coming down. And so then I decide I'm going to get the right hotel into a different phone. And then both phones are talking at the same time. And we are... Give you one job. Thank God we won. And then the drive up, because it was a great drive going up. We stopped in Nashville. I have been celebrating for quite some time. Yes, you had. Properly so. As you should have been. You weren't weren't necessarily tournament ready at that point. (laughs) (laughs) Practice round. Practice round. uh, How's mid-season form as far as drinking went? (laughs) But then on on the the drive up, it's about a nine-hour drive to Indy. It's not that bad because you do basically Atlanta, Chattanooga, Nashville, Louisville, Indianapolis. But coming back, that was cool seeing all the dog fans coming back. It was very memorable, very fun. But then we hit Nashville. In Nashville, we got around decently. Chattanooga was hard. It, it was and tough. And then Atlanta started backing up, and I had to go to work the next day. Yeah, you did. And, well, the other thing, too, remember, we, we had gotten hungry. Well, let's go to lunch. We pull off in, in Louisville, and, of course, oh, man, it's noon, and everything was backed up. But, again, thank goodness we, we won. won. It so, would have been terrible. That, was, that and, was something. And I apparently am very brave for – giving up a flight back to you drive, were, not knowing if we were going to win or not. Well, you were going to be my, my, my therapy, no doubt about it. I was like, I cannot put him in a car alone to drive back if we lose this game. I'm uh, not sure he'll make it home. All right, real quick. Now, we don't play at LSU this year for baseball. I know you've said you've always wanted to go to that one. Yeah, that's Hoping my top one I'd out. like to go. Uh, we do play in, in Starkville. You know, all the West, LSU, Ole Miss, State, Arkansas, the, the atmosphere is there. So, uh, if you get to go to State, is that a trip you'd be looking forward to? to see yeah, I'd like to, vi- I'd like to visit most of the West schools um, just to see the facilities because mm-hmm. everybody, including you and, and then friends of ours that go and tour them, say that they are just mind-blowing. You can't believe that this is a college facility. LSU is my number one because of the atmosphere. and the Call only, Baton Rouge. Call Baton Rouge. <laughs> the only thing is, like, LSU is going to be good if they're winning, which is kind of the downside of that. But, yeah, um, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to going and, and sitting with Everett. Uh, yeah, the, the, the famed Everett. Yeah. If you turn on the SEC network, you'll see Everett. He's yeah, rolled I mean, out the red carpet. He's got, he's got his setup going. I mean, I, that, that box in center field. He's got yeah. three cookers, a, two stoves, and a wine, got a cooler. wine cooler out there. He's got oh it going God. on. If he's not there and I can't sit with him, I might pass on the trip. <laughs> All right. Well, happy birthday again. Thank you. And uh, I know it's going to be a great decade now since you – oh, but you did double duty today. You co-hosted and you engineered. You set up today. Yeah, I can. I can hook this stuff up. I'm not real sure what I'm doing, but I know where to plug things in and what buttons to press. So as we wind down, you can hear the Miami Vice theme. Chardonnay share and uh, 
held the state record still there. She held it, and Kathy Butler did her did her red wine just right. Beautiful thing. She's my beautiful wife, nice Emily. Time. Chris Rogers is very handsome. I'm Jeff Dancer, outputting my coverage every day. Bill's got you tomorrow from noon to one, later this afternoon. I'll talk to you Wednesday or Thursday on the Superstations. Yeah.